Welcome to Interceptor Beyond Podcast. My name is Arthur and today we have the Swedish rock band Nafela. Guys, could you please introduce yourself to our listeners? Yeah, of course. Uh, my name is Stina and I'm a member of the band Nefila. My name is Jacob and I also am a member of Nefila. And before we continue with the interview, I want to address our listeners. Dear listener, if you like this podcast, if you like what you're hearing, don't forget to follow and read this podcast on Spotify. It helps a lot. Thanks. The first time I uh, discovered Nefila was on Instagram. Uh, I really liked how it looked. Uh, everything was done with an idea in mind. Uh, also, seven people, and obviously there were two singers. Yeah. And then I checked out the band camp, and the first song was Bella Donna, and it's my favorite song. That's what I liked about the music and the style. And it seemed that you had this idea of the visual style and the music right from the beginning. Was it planned, or it just the, the whole thing develops as it goes? I think that. Um... From the beginning, we had this kind of boring beginning where we started out as a, like a rock cover band at, and we met at our local school. Uh, but uh, we had this like crossroad where almost all of our former members uh, quit the band and we had like two options to either split the band and quit playing or like evolve and become this uh, Nefla 2.0 thing. And it was when Stina joined the band that we decided to like do this again and more. Stina, you joined around 2019, I think, right? I think actually it was like 2017. All right, because I checked, I went all the way to the to the first post on your Facebook to check how you developed. You know, yeah, it was completely different. And for for a moment, I thought that I'm not recognizing people. Maybe it's my thing, you know. <laughs> and then I realized that the lineup was changing quite a lot. Right. Yes. <laughs> yes. I guess uh, who was the original members? Uh, so there's me, Josephine, and uh, Joanne, who plays keys. We have two Joannes. And um, Stina, I think that Stina is like a part of a original member because she she's been a part of the whole development and the evolving of uh, Nefla. Yeah, I was kind of the first member that you recruited, like after everything started over, kind of. Yeah, so we had this kind of reincarnation where we did a music video of uh, all the old members and new members. Uh, being a part of it and like you know, try to tell the story of how we made this kind of new thing and for which song was it for which um, song was the music video it was for uh, growing down ah, yeah. for the first single yeah yeah when th that's when you changed the visual style it became more theater like as i understand yeah. what was the reason behind the masks was it inspired by uh, other masked bands like for example i know well we all know ghost yeah <laughs> but there's also another swedish band called goat do you know <laughs> yes <laughs> a few people actually have asked us about this and there's also this band uh, there were a band called salem's pot from sweden yeah i remember that one. yeah and uh, the bassist plays in uh, skrekadla now I, i was out uh, playing with the skrekadla with my other band And we had this like discussion of uh, when Nefla started having masks and, and they found out that we had masks and, uh, and kind of similar masks as well. So it's, it's kind of funny to actually meet someone who also had a band with masked members. 
Yeah, the thing with the mask is that uh, I checked all your interviews and everybody's, and including me, asking you about the masks because yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a thing and you keep telling people that it's, uh, well, you it's a myth, as you like to say, right? Yeah, because like, I don't think the original story is that cool or interesting. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, I'm usually the one who like gets to... Uh, respond to that question but the thing is that the masks were a thing like long before i joined the band and i've tried like asking the other band members like what's up but like no one can actually <laughs> tell me when you started doing that it's like it just happened and then it was a thing and it's just kept going i think you just should start at one point inventing stuff and they will just join <laughs> exactly and actually that's the cool part about your band is you have a good base for a cool story. You you should definitely like invent something, make something. I don't know, like a st story. I don't know, like like a thunder hit a rock and there were seven stones or whatever, and, and then it all crashed into like seven members. I don't know because there's a good potential because as not so many bands have a story. Usually they just play music and that's it. But if you have a story to it, you can. It, it becomes a really good base for other elements like music videos, visuals, everything. Yeah. Live performance. Have you thought about that of developing it further? Yeah, of course. Uh, we have, uh, especially you, Jacob. <laughs> You've been talking about this a lot. <laughs> we've tried, like we've had. I think several different like stories come up, but it takes a lot of work to to kind of build a universe around the band that we know will last like in the long run. Because if you're gonna build like a story, it needs to be kind really kind of good. <laughs> it needs to be a good story. So I think we're working on it because, or me personally, like personally, if we're if we're gonna build a story, I think we should really make a good one. But yeah, we definitely have room for like some more charisma and <laughs> we should definitely like do something with the masks as well. We should like incorporate them into the story because it's just so much more interesting to listen to uh, since people really want to know like about the masks as well. Yeah, and we have these kind of guidelines for ourselves, so so we are able to like write our own music and and how we're supposed to look and and that stuff and the press photos. We don't have an um, official like story storyboard. Exactly. Well, it's like it's like sort of corporate identity in a way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like uh, Hellas, if you knew, know them. Yeah, Hellas has one. Yeah, they have the the mythical world kind of yeah and and it's the same thing there that that uh, like they are kind of uh, private about their story or how how they are alive and they are like normal people outside the band and i i think that's kind of good reference to hellas because we're also like normal people outside of nefla but we're more like of a, like an act when we play together. So what is the stage for you in this case? Is it a opportunity to become someone else or is it an opportunity to be yourself, your true self? Well, I think it's much easier to like let loose and like become someone else and fully perform when you don't have to think about yourself. I don't how do you think, Stina? Hmm. I think for me 
like in my private life, I'm quite a, I wouldn't say calm and collected person, but there's just a lot of emotions that aren't really like okay to express in your ordinary life. Especially I think as a woman, it's like, you know, being aggressive and like taking up space and being like assertive. It's just really freeing to be able to step on stage and suddenly it's okay for me to like be a lot <laughs> you know mm -hmm. I really appreciate that and I think that's why I was drawn to this genre as well because it's just so accepted to to take up space in a way that I I'm not used to in my real life <laughs> and was it easy for you to join Nephila um no no I don't think so because I was y quite young and I I'm like diving headfirst into a genre that takes like a lot of vocal skill which I'm still working on because it's uh you want it you, you know you want your voice to also be assertive and full and strong but it needs to also hold up so yeah it was like I, I don't think I had the skills when I started <laughs> but I think like more and more as time goes by I'm kind of growing into it is it hard to be uh not the only singer in a band because we need to tell our listeners that there are seven members exactly in a band two singers and other people <laughs> yeah uh yeah no i i appreciate not being the only singer because that's like that was also part of the challenge when i started like that you need to also work on like your vocal choices so that they match up with the other singer and you need to be able to sing in harmony quite intricate things uh in harmony and make it sound really good i don't have a better word for it but yeah so it, it's it's hard but it's also what i really like about it because you know i don't i i like a challenge i think <laughs> <laughs> did you have some uh background in singing it was is it your first band or you studied in in a musical school or something like that yeah i did i did have some experience it was in uh, i was in high school i think i was in like second year of high school so i had been singing uh in school for like a year because we went to a music high school and that's also how we met but yeah it was it was only for a year so i was kind of a small baby you know <laughs> um Now I'm actually, uh, I'm in my third year of uh, uh, doing my bachelor's. Uh, I'm in, in, the, in my third year of, bachelor, of a bachelor's degree in music. So it's like, it's really different now. I, when, I, when I listen to myself like a few years ago, I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> <laughs> you poor child. But it's also been so great because, you know, you're forced to learn very quickly. And you're 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 forced to like just uh, always become better, and that's you know I'm very thankful for that. How was it for you to play the first uh, concerts, first gigs? Oh God, yeah, I think I was nervous as hell, especially because since we have this stage show, you can't just say whatever in between the songs. And you should probably tell the listeners what kind of stage show it is, because they have no idea. True. So it's heavy on the visuals, as I understand, right? Yeah. Me and my dad likes to build things. So we the first thing that we built was this uh what do you call them? Oh, the podiums? Yeah, oh, podiums. Yeah. <laughs> that we 
uh, like did um, in this rusty tree color organic uh, thing and we drilled some holes in them and put in some smoke machines so we could uh, control them and uh, let the fog go between all these holes in the podiums so when you stand on them you look really really cool that's my part of the visual stuff i'm super bad at like uh, come up with ideas for concepts or stuff but i like to like uh, do things well i'm kind of bad at build stuff too but i like to uh, hire people that can build stuff (laughs) so i like to be a part of the web somewhere in the middle it's like we have this big living room when we play we have large mats on the floor and these podiums and lamps and stuff to like enhance the music in a way and of course my biggest influences when it comes to music are like bands such as Alice Cooper from 75 Welcome to My Nightmare Show and uh, Kiss, of course. Uh, there are so many fun stuff you can do with uh, elements of a musical show more than a, a basic uh, rock concert. And I like to play with that. Remember the time when we went out into the woods and chopped down trees? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we had this uh, kind of big show in Arvika, where we come from, and... Uh, we had to like uh, fill out the stage with something, so we shut down wood and <laughs> add a numb stage. <laughs> well, that's that's the pure creativity working there. Uh, is it easier when you have seven people? Like, uh, for example, you said you like to build things and stuff. Maybe each person in the band can like contribute to a band. Is it is it easier? Yeah, in some ways, but also there's more responsibilities to hand out to people and it can be really hard to give everyone uh, a purpose with what they're doing besides playing the music and i think that's the hardest part to involve everyone in the band at all time and uh, also when you are seven members there are like seven people to accept and uh, look at the process so there's uh, so many things that can go wrong on the way so uh at the moment i guess the responsibilities are limited to uh music and maybe social media something like this or you actually try to decide that each person has a strict responsibility how is it like we kind of switch sometimes Uh, so stina has a a huge role when it comes to social media and uh, like the creative part of coming up with uh, peer stuff like uh, texts and stuff and uh, josephine uh, does maybe most of uh, facebook and instagram and stuff so we try to to give everyone these uh, purposes for doing things with the band besides uh, play so so we we can uh, always be active when we're not playing together, since we live kind of far apart from each other. True. Jakob, I guess that leaves that you need to do the TikTok now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'd love to do the TikTok. Are there any plans to go TikTok? I have no idea how it would work for you, but I don't know. Maybe my little sister could do it or something. I feel like Uh, we would get bullied on TikTok. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like... Like since we are millennials and uh, grew up with Harry Potter and stuff, yeah. now when the the new generation has come, we are like what do you call them generation Gen Z, Gen Z, yeah. And the the boomers and the Gen Z has like uh, been more a part of 
probably we will be the one getting bullied at the end. <laughs> but yeah. you should try it because TikTok is here to stay anyway. You need to try to do something with it. Mm. And I want to ask about the, we talked about responsibilities. What about your music process? How is how's it working? Well, <laughs> we often do everything together or we have these demos from maybe this debut album that we have released. There are a lot of songs that are old songs from the old Nefla that we have reincarnated and made new ones of. And But mostly there are like, I, I do most of the instrumental parts and I came up with this uh, demo and Stina and Josephine makes a melody and uh, we try to give it this uh, live touch since we're a live band and we record everything live. Yeah. You first released a single and then you came up with the album and the album is already like super polished in a good way of course mm -hmm. like the visuals are there concept is there i really like it how was the experience of making that album it was very diy wow. i think wasn't it yeah in some ways um me and anthon did almost all the recordings in the studio where i studied at ingesund yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so But it started as an EP from the beginning. I right. think we recorded four songs. So it was just, uh, you were just recording songs and songs without any concept for the whole album? Or how was it? Yeah, so we, we recorded these uh, four songs for an EP to show people that Nefla is alive and uh, doing new stuff again. But then I got this email from Kai at uh, Design Records who had uh, heard us from from somewhere and he, he was like why have you done an ep you should have done an album no one listens to eps uh, it's easier to get reviews when you do an album uh, so we had to like force out four new songs as well uh, so that's it took quite some time to, to record the whole album because there were like two process all the time to first record the ep and make that good And then to do it all again and try to figure out how it did the first recording with the drum mics and guitar sounds and all stuff. Right. So what uh, the Balladonna was, the song was uh, the new songs that you had to record or it was already on EP? Um, I think that the EP was the new songs, uh, four new songs uh, that we recorded together. And uh, when we had to do four more songs, we did four old songs or reinterpreting them right would you say that it would be it was easier to work under the pressure kind of because now you knew that you need to put more songs what comes to mind like hearing us talk is i think obviously we seem a little more put together like outwardly than we actually are because <laughs> i think yeah. a lot of times things seem quite thought through Uh, because we put a lot of effort in, but we don't necessarily plan things out in like a very structured way. Um, I think it's because like most of us in the band are more doers than thinkers. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I kind of have a hard time actually looking back at the process because I think it's like we kind of just took it day by day and step by step. And yeah. we just did what we had to do how long did it take you to record everything i think yeah, the ep <laughs> the first songs we recorded at like two days or something 
uh, and we were like, ah, we're so fast. <laughs> <laughs> so, so when we were supposed to do the other part of the album, I think that uh, people had started to move away from Arvika, where almost all of us lived at the moment. So that was a big part of uh, things taking longer time than we thought from the beginning. Mm. And did you record everything uh, online, or you were, or you were gathering somewhere in the studio? Yeah, we we did everything. Uh, we did um, drums, bass, guitars, and keys live, uh, live takes. And then we did the vocals and the dubs uh, afterwards. It it was all about trying to find dates that worked for everyone and trying to fill those dates with the recordings for the whole album. And I remember that I think it was the second time when we recorded the the second part of the album that uh, we had like uh, the first day to sound check and get a good sound. And we were when we were tried to to start recording the other day the there were no electricity in Arvika <laughs> like we had no sound and uh, we thought that we had like blew something up or s- destroyed the school <laughs> <laughs> so we couldn't record on like 8 hours or something so yeah it was really hard to find the time to record the whole album yeah and uh, everything went, was digital i guess yes recorded in logic and how was it to release an album during the pandemic? Well, obviously you can't promote it in the same way you would when it's not a pandemic. And uh, you don't really get to take part in like all of the good stuff that comes out of it. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of times you're able to, um, I think, do more shows when you've put out an album. But of course, we couldn't do that. So it was I, I think we would have it would have felt more real if it wouldn't have been a pandemic because we would have like been able to see in real life like the reward and the consequences but now like all of the feedback was online that's still really good and i think we're still very very grateful for all of the good response that we've had but it was i i didn't really understand people actually appreciate this it it was it was a little harder to like grasp i think yeah yeah, you had some really good response from magazines. Like you have, uh, you've been featured in Classic Rock magazine and other cool publications. How did you do that? Maybe you can tell a secret to the people. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's the short answer. But uh, yeah, uh, our record, the uh, Sign Records, um, has done a, a great job to promote us to these magazines and I think uh, we have them to thank for like all the publicity we have, we have got for the album. Yeah, I know that uh, label, it's a label that has other my favorite Swedish bands like Maida Veil, uh, Hot Breath, Wakonis and the Drippers. I mean, I'm into the Swedish scene. <laughs> <laughs> it's the water. Yes, that's what other people keep saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, you couldn't do it the classic way, the promotion of the album. Mm. So how did you promote it on your own without the records? I mean, how did it work with the record company? Yeah, so we have uh, this guy called uh, Valdemar who who does our PR. And uh, so we try to give him so much uh, content as possible, like live videos or music videos and uh, quotes, he asks us about quotes all the time, so we have to try to come up with like these great quotes uh, to to like uh, 
get all the publicity we can since we can't really do any live gigs these days uh, his part in in this process has been to like get us to do something with the material we have so like we did this video for belladonna i think it's me joan and uh, david who are the only members that had uh, the opportunity to actually meet and do this video but it was better to do this uh, with only us three in it than not having a video for belladonna yeah the video is cool i saw it it's on the channel of the sign records fits the music perfectly everybody should check it out and did the people at the label did they ask you about the story <laughs> uh, yeah so uh, kai um, who is uh, the boss he uh, i think you and kai had most of the mails and uh, like you talked a lot in the beginning right yeah it's clear that kai is kind of a mastermind he knows what he's talking <laughs> about <laughs> i tried to kind of uh, be a part of creating uh, like a marketing plan no it's not called marketing plan it's called a promotion plan but i think eventually he kind of realized that i'm no good in that area <laughs> um <laughs> i have a way with words like i'm able to if someone asks me like we need to uh describe our music or whatever for like a release or something i can come up with something to say but like you know the thinking ahead like oh we'll start by doing this and then people will notice us and then we do this and like not very not as good at, at that part um so yeah we had some discussions and i realized that like yeah he really had like a plan and he really had like this ability to he knew like how how the industry works um so i i i was you know i i tried to, to uh do my part in all of that but um mostly by just having a way with words i guess did you ask uh the uh the label people i call them the label people <laughs> uh did you ask why they chose you and how did they discover you because so many bands want to get signed or have an opportunity to be signed by a label i mean you're a band that some for for some bands it's a dream come true for example mm. <laughs> uh, so again any secrets i think that uh, we took some years to develop a sound or our own things in a way and uh, i think that uh, that was a big part why kai found us and chose to sign us but also we we mailed of course uh, different labels and tried to send them demos and um, I think if I, I'm emailed the the sign record two years before we mm. released uh, this album, and uh, I got a response two years later with the it began with sorry for the late answer. <laughs> <laughs> so it it take it takes time, obviously. Yeah, and uh, we we've, we've not been around for so long five years now maybe i in some interview i i read that you won a competition and uh, the label uh noticed you there i think oh yeah maybe that's <laughs> what's a part of it too <laughs> <laughs> all right so winning competition is is a good tip i guess winning a competition is a good tip and also since i know i've said this a hundred times but i'm obviously not a mastermind i have not been a part of like do you know, doing this really smart plan uh, mm -hmm. to, to bring us to where we are. Like, uh, I think when you say when you say that, like, or it can it can kind of 
kind of come off as like, oh, it just happened, you know. Uh, we didn't have a plan. We just, you know, did our thing. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's not like that. Of course, we have been jumping on the opportunities that have come around. Like, and if we know that something could be a good opportunity, of course, we'll take it. But there's something to be said about like entrepreneuring and like, you know, having a plan around how to get yourself noticed. But also like, sometimes it's easy to forget like, that there really goes so much time and energy into also creating the content content that you're trying to promote. Yeah. Uh, it, sometimes it's easy to like get stuck in plans and it, sometimes it's easy to get stuck in master plans but what really needs to be done is like first of all is the groundwork so that you have something to present i think yeah the music should come first yeah. and then everything else goes because if you concentrate too much on for example social media yeah you might be it might look that you're doing something but in reality song can suck <laughs> and you just haven't worked on it properly and your social media will not work exactly music comes first always yeah and i really get that people want want there to be if you just do this and follow these steps it will happen i get why it would be like a really <laughs> The world would be so wonderful if there was like certain steps you could follow and and like everything would be fine. Or, you know, it's like this old saying that like like if you work hard enough, everything will come your way. Yeah, that's true. But maybe not just working on, on like the whole marketing thing or the entrepreneurial part, but also like working on your skills, your skill set and working on really producing something that you're proud of i rarely think about this myself but like i i i'm very grateful for being a part of a band where i have very talented band members like everyone has worked really hard in like becoming good at what they do and you know getting good at their instrument and i just of course that's it just sounds like yeah of course they're good at their instrument but like the stage show wouldn't be fun to look at or listen to if we didn't like do all of the groundwork and practice and all of that, you know? This was kind of a rant, but or a ramble, but <laughs> do you get what I'm saying? <laughs> so good. I mean, it just proves that uh, that's why, well, first of all, that's why the music is good. Secondly, uh, all those magazines that uh, reviewed you, I mean, there's a reason why they do that, you know? I mean, if, if you sucked as music, as a musician, it wouldn't happen. Yeah, no. Um, it sounds like I'm trying to, what's it called, like, brag about us. <laughs> that's <laughs> completely not at all what I'm trying to do. But I just think that's, it's kind of hard for me to talk about, like, tips and steps. Because just for me personally, uh, I put it more of my effort into maybe, like, working on on my skill set right now that's maybe where i put more of my energy so what's your relationship with the label so now you can concentrate more on music and they do the marketing and promotion i think i have the most contact with the label at the moment uh, since um, i i have other band uh, on the label as well so so i, I already had a contact with kai when we started to, to sign uh, Nefla to the sign records. Uh, he said that it, it can take up to two years 
or one year to get recognition when you have released a debut album. So he was like, be calm. It will take some time to, to get people to hear the album when it's have been released. So now we're trying to like do fun things. Um, we did a live uh, show in a old uh, children's what do you call it? orphans orphanage home. Right. We did a live session there, and we're planning on releasing that. And we have some fun uh, secret stuff that has been postponed now since the pandemic. So we're trying to do stuff to promote the album, even though it's really hard to do anything but uh, the record is really good since uh, we also live kind of close to each other we can uh, chat with each other we can call each other we can uh, visit them if we want to it's really good to have that relation with a person that you know his face and you know uh, who he is so it, it doesn't feel like uh, we we're getting fooled or tricked by them at any time so it's really nice and it feels really safe to have uh, our label so close to us when i talk to musicians these days and i ask them about if they want to get signed most of them always say well yeah of course we want to get signed we want to play festivals and uh, everything but we know about the bad reputation of labels that they, you get usually tricked well it sounds that uh, with you it was everything's fine right Yeah, so like we don't earn a lot of money or, or so, but we get a lot of help to like uh, produce an album and uh, find an artist for the artwork and uh, produce the vinyl and CDs. Uh, that's all the label. They they help us so much with the uh, eco economic stuffs. On your Bandcamp, I saw that this uh, album, the latest one, you have sold. Okay, not sold, but originally there are like 500 copies of vinyl and 1,000 copies of CDs, which are like amazingly <laughs> huge numbers. And you almost sold it out, as I understand. Yeah, and that's only on the Bandcamp. We're also selling it to Brazil, where we have a, another label called Helion. And uh, so, so we're like uh, selling to stores and CDs, and uh, uh, it's fun to to get a call from your label that, and having them say that you have sold out uh, your first copies, uh, as we did, kind of fast, because people bought them to their stores and uh, record stores. Yeah, it's, it's really fun and. It feels kind of amazing to be an, an uh, upcoming or we don't have so much followers or fans. So it's fun to see people actually buying the record. Mm. But most of the time you see these people online. You, you didn't have so yeah. much uh, concerts, as I understand. Yeah, no, because of COVID. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you mentioned the um, the stage show, you know. So how how much do you practice the stage show? We did uh, kind of much. Yeah. At, at the time where when we were uh, playing at this uh, like Carousel and uh, what do you call it? The competition. Competition. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and then we we really focused on how we looked and uh, how we performed each song and. The talk between the songs, uh, Stina and Josephine, uh, like did the script that was really good, and uh, I think that's also was a part why we won the competition at the end. So maybe nowadays we're, we we don't have the time to, or it's so hard to focus on doing this uh, live show when you don't have a goal with it, like 
we, we did one live gig this summer, a COVID uh, gig at in uh, Linköping. So it's really hard to like focus on live stuff right now. And uh, what did you learn from the recording of this album? I mean, it's been uh, almost like how much? Uh, half a year, right? Around. Yeah. What did you learn from the recording of, of this album? Uh, maybe to, or for me, it's to like do stuff and let it go. <laughs> so record and be done with it. Don't like take 15 more takes of a song just be, if it can be like slightly better. Um, so it's like do it and let it go. Let someone mix it. Don't mix it yourself. which we didn't all right and stina for you i think talking in a circle i feel like but um it's just because like uh, all of your question gets me thinking a lot so i'm like ooh, just like uh, it all (laughs) for for me like everything you say just comes back to like ooh, planning what does that mean like (laughs) but yeah maybe that you you need to work, you need to be a doer, but also kind of a thinker sometimes, you know, there needs to be a balance and maybe kind of a plan. But also that, like, I think the next time we record, I'm not going to be in school. And that's going to be like the first time I'm a part of this band and I'm not in school and having like already a 40 hour or more <laughs> usually work week on top of like the band thing. It taught me that you know, everything about running a band requires a lot of time and energy and you need to be be able to also like say no to other things to make time for it if you want like a good and well put together result. Uh, say no to which things, for example? Um, <laughs> it's hard for like to uh, to give an example because since I've been in school, I birthdays. haven't really been able. Yeah, birthdays, you know, you don't <laughs> need a social life. Fuck that. No, but uh, <laughs> no, but like I've been in school all this time, so I really did, really didn't really have the opportunity to say no to anything. But like, I mean, if I would have had the opportunity, I I would have wanted to put less hours into work and more hours into the process to to be able to have a or to be able to actually like follow kind of a plan and you know be a part of all the different aspects of the process and you you, you know you like be 100% invested um in in more parts of it not just my part you know my part which was like singing and you know songwriting and stuff and also social media it would have been uh, it would have been so cool to be able to actually like uh have taken some hours from like work and put them into the project whatever we're doing with the band and I think that's kind of relatable for everyone who runs the band that like it's it's hard to priori- prioritize sometimes to make life work because, yeah, make it work with the band because everyone usually has uh, full time work on the side, you know. Mm-hmm. And what's the plan actually for this year for the band? So we started to, to have these writing sessions now Then we're trying to write our second album and uh, now with the baggage we got, it's easier to like think uh, of a concept before we do the songs. Last time it was like the other way around. We did the songs and later we did like a concept of those songs. But now I think we can put more effort in like the whole, the whole album. And uh, I think uh, 
it's going to be a better album <laughs> i hope yeah <laughs> and and if it feels like we have all the time in the world now since we can't actually tour or do any gigs at all so we have time to like process new songs and like come up with new ideas and the the hardest part is to actually get all of us to gather at the same time so we we did a session last week where we did it at zoom and i think it worked kind of great actually yeah (laughs) it was hard to to be apart all the time but you could sit there and like eat your food and listen to the ideas and, and new songs but you could also like contribute i had my acoustic guitar so i can like say hey we could do it like this or something and we had a a studio uh, dog where anthon our other guitarist could like record all the stuff we came up with so it was like it's kind of fun process too to not be able to see each other yeah it seems that you are one of the few bands that accepting the idea that it's possible that there will be no concerts <laughs> have you tried any live streams doing live streams concerts it's super awkward i know but yeah it's so awkward <laughs> and uh, i've seen a few that are that are really great like rival sons did too and that was amazing I re- pre-recorded though uh, so it wasn't live but um, I think that's maybe a future way of doing it because um, you have so much more, like you can do so much more if you pre-record it. But I think that people, or I, I don't feel like it, but it feels like some people can feel like they are getting fooled that it, that it's not live. Mm. And for a band like us, it feels like if we're doing a live stream or something, it's hard to get people to watch it since uh, they could watch any concert in the world at YouTube. Well, it's it, we're still early stage of this live stream thing, and I feel we will soon figure it out. I was thinking that, for example, pre-recorded concerts can go separately from the live concert. So, for example, you record it as a like, for example, a huge pre-recorded concert, and you could sell it separately. And the live concert is a different thing. It repeats the whole thing, but it's just. The live thing with the live sound. I think there's a huge potential in that. Uh, another really hard part about the live stream is uh, it's hard to get people involved. Like uh, you're trying to give hundred percent on the stage, and you're like uh, headbanging and shouting and uh, running around, and uh, you know that some people are sitting in their couch watching this. It, it feels so strange. Uh, it's hard to to make it like a union of people watching a real concert. Yeah, it's probably going to be its own thing. I don't think we will call it a concert in the traditional sense. It'll be completely something new. Are you planning to? Uh, you're planning to work on the new material this <laughs> year? <laughs> yeah, as I understand. We do have a concept. And oh, so you do have a concept. <laughs> we do have a concept. Um, was I allowed to say that? Do you have a deadline or a timeline or something when you are going to release the new material? Well, it's it's really hard because um, we had this like kind of big thing in Sweden going on. And um, yeah, I, I can't really talk about it. But it's oh, it come on. postponed, as I said. <laughs> I, I really want to talk about <laughs> it, but I can't... <laughs> Uh, you, you have no idea but, but um, so we had like um, our label 
involved in it and were focused on like doing this market plan for this event. But it feels like everything just um, hangs around in the air now and it's on ice because of this thing, because uh, we have to put a lot of effort in this thing. And um, w- when that gets official, I think it will be easier to like present new material for people and live gigs and shows. But uh, I think we have to like climb this cliff first. <laughs> yeah. But was I allowed to say that we do have a concept? Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> I I got nervous. <laughs> yeah. You're a part of the band. Yeah. <laughs> you can do whatever you want. Thank yeah, you. in all your interviews, especially in the beginning, just before the release of your latest album, you didn't know uh, if you're allowed to say this or that, I noticed. <laughs> yeah, the whole thinking things through, you know? Well, I think I'm re- I'm really stoked about having a concept like to root ourselves in when writing and working on new material because I think it's going to uh, contribute to like slowly starting to more and more like build a storyline around the band and you know kind of maybe moving towards that more of a like thought through image I think it's going to help us on the on that road be a little more prolific so yeah I'm really stoked about it and I'm also really stoked to be able to put more more time in it and more time into it because I'm going to be graduating soon so that's going to be really nice <laughs> another benefit of the good concept is that you can go beyond music even though the music is in the center the all the surrounding stuff for example with the band chemical romance they had a comic book they released something else I don't remember but there was a lot of stuff around the band that's why the concept is really important yeah you're so creative can we hire you me (laughs) (laughs) but like yeah you're you just you're just you're coming like you're spitting ideas at us right now it feels like we're we're having like a development session or something i love it (laughs) (laughs) well because because my main job is working with musicians and helping them to go to the next stage and I do everything but not music. I make music videos, animation, marketing, and promotion. I just don't do music. I know how to talk to musicians, and that's why I can bring their visuals to the outside world. And that's my thing. But uh, And I'm genuinely interested in bands and musicians to succeed, because that's where I come in, and then the, when I can make my stuff. Because I like, for example, animation, when I can do animation. It's really inspiring to talk to you. You're really like... You're setting things off. Like I'm starting to yeah. think about a lot right now. <laughs> well, it's it all happened when I saw your Instagram. I saw that okay, you have visual. You can work out. You can work on concept. You have a nice album. Plus, I know that you are signed, and the next album is going to be also great. So, I mean, there is a good base for creative stuff. Let's say like this. Thank you for saying that, and thank Thanks. you for taking the time. Like we're we really appreciate it. Yeah, we're we're almost done. Uh, I wanted to ask where can people follow Nafila? You can follow us at Facebook, Instagram, Bandcamp. Not TikTok yet, though. <laughs> you can mail us on our Gmail. You can call me on my number on Facebook. Actually, I called you today, and you didn't pick up. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was worried when I saw it. it was from Austria and I was like, no, it's a seller. 
probably <laughs> and you called again so i was like hmm. yeah I, I called i was like okay okay you have a number i will call it i will call it i will check yeah. it out <laughs> yeah and i was like have i missed something and that's not a new like mindset for me feeling that i have missed something so i uh, so i looked you up and i saw yes i didn't miss something or I, I will speak to him soon. <laughs> yes. All right. Yeah. But for me, it was important to see if you gave a bullshit number <laughs> for some whatever organization or was it true? You know, I was yeah. already like saying something in Swedish. <laughs> yeah. So don't call us. Don't call us. No, 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 no. It's good that people can call you. <laughs> Maybe make it a separate number then. But yeah, it's a good idea. <laughs> All right. Uh, which song are we going to hear at the end of the episode? I want to suggest Alla Galaxers Centrum, but I think Jakob might object to that. Nope. No? Go ahead. Thank you. So it's the last song of the album, right? Yes. Yeah. Either you hate it or you like it. Perfect. Stina and Jakob, thank you very much for agreeing to this interview. Well, thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much.
That was a cool song. Thanks, Nethla. Thank you so much for listening to Interceptor Beyond Podcast. If you want to quote the show, you can find the transcribed version of this episode at the website interceptorbeyond.com. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Spotify. And if you like what you're hearing, make sure to rate the show also on Spotify.